0: If you had to have a fitness game on the PlayStation 5, what PlayStation mascot character do you think should be your trainer? Let us know in the comments below, because we were talking about Ring Fit Adventure before this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Episode 668. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where occasionally we talk about Nintendo games leading up to the show. I'm joined this week by Brian Altano.
1: Your dog didn't like that intro. He, just he did didn't not. Bark the whole time.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Max Scoville is also here with us.
1: That intro was rough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Do you want Jana to, Garcia. should we
1: pause the show and start all over? <laughs>
0: pause. Yeah. He's going to, yeah. Let me grab him actually.
1: and restart. I'm just kidding. Was <laughs>
0: oh no, a, we're going to keep going. Oh that no. That was a you, pun. No, that was a dog I know pun. it was. I was playing the, the naive man who doesn't know, but seriously, he is underneath me waiting to bark. <laughs> we're also joined this week by Janet Garcia. Hi, What's Janet. <laughs> um, as much like PlayStation in not telling us much, Uh, I haven't talked much about what we're going to be doing this show, so it might be a little loose uh, this week because PlayStation... Doesn't really want to say much, and I'm working on a review this week that is embargoed. But beyond that, uh, we do actually, weirdly, this morning, a bunch of PlayStation pre-order PS5 info came out about some of the biggest games. So we'll be talking about that, uh, along with some confusion that my dog doesn't like. Uh, the uh, transfer of saves from the PS4 to the PS5, uh, along with actually a few questions from the audience that have been in the Beyond email. Thank you to everyone who's been sending those in that I thought we could talk about. Uh, but Janet, just to follow up from your last appearance, I did want to ask, I know we talked about it before the show. Did you own any other UMD movies for your PSP besides
2: <laughs> I did indeed. I owned Batman Begins. And uh, I was talking about this right before the show. I also had like these third party Logitech speakers. So I could really fully experience Batman Begins the way it was intended on your PlayStation portable Uh, So that was the other one that I had a lot and watched a lot. I actually have a very vivid memory of, um, this is like such a sad little nerd story of one summer being like, today what I'm going to do is watch Batman Begins on my PSP and I'm going to make like this huge decked out hot Cheeto filled sandwich and just sit there and watch Batman Begins at my kitchen table. And I did that. And honestly it was glorious. I craved to reach that level of just, joy and relaxation in the modern era so um yeah that was my other you,
1: you know you can do that you can do that whenever you want you can do that now you can go put cheetos on a sandwich uh, watch batman movie on your phone
2: see right now i'm at the end of whole 30 i have one this is my last full day and then i have tomorrow and then at midnight i'm gonna just I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to have that sandwich and watch Batman Begins.
1: Uh, Actually a great, a great alternative to, um, Cheez-Its on Whole30 is sand. If you eat a bunch of sand (laughs) is good. And then, um, instead of watching Batman Begins, you can stare at the wall.
2: Yeah. I found that's pretty effective. I did say one of the things on Whole30 that I think is great is if you don't know how to cook, you will learn how to cook because if you don't cook on Whole30, you will die. You will quite literally (laughs) die. So That has expedited my cooking quite a bit. But yeah, that's my UMD experience.
0: You might also die a lot in an upcoming PlayStation 5 launch exclusive (laughs) Demon Souls, which is set to launch day and date with the PS5. I bring that up because we learned about the pre-order bonuses for Demon Souls, which I'm going to bring up on my computer. But uh, I wanted to run down some of the attempts they are trying to get to uh, get people to pre-order games for PS5, which weirdly you haven't been able to do. Uh, up until pretty recently you've been able to you know pre-order the console maybe uh, but other than that the games have been hard to get so right now demon souls there is a digital deluxe edition there's no physical special edition we know of right now Uh, it comes with an exclusive weapon the reaper scythe a bunch of uh, cosmetics a few items that it sounds like you get when you start up the game uh, in advance, um, which will help you for one run, and then you'll probably use all of them and die. Uh, <laughs> and then also the original soundtrack for the game. Uh, they also revealed a few other things, like for, um, what is it, Sp- Spider-Man Miles Morales, you will get uh, a few extra you know, bonus points at the beginning of the game. You get an early unlock of the gravity well item which is one of his uh new power-ups that essentially allows enemies to be like sucked into this gravity well uh and you also get to unlock an exclusive pre-order bonus uh track suit dlc uh, it's one of two suits that'll come with the pre-order bonus uh and then the other playstation 5 Did you
1: say a track suit
0: it's it's t-r-a-c-k it's like an acronym for track okay. let me see if now i can l- pull up but not, not, not like just one like my, a track not suit.
1: like one of my cousins tracksuit, right <laughs>
0: no not so much i mean okay. maybe maybe because I, I, kind of
1: I would play that <laughs> <laughs>
0: um this isn't gta 4 but uh, <laughs> for that you get uh they'll announce this other suit i'm assuming it's probably something with uh into the spider-verse because on the spider-man page a couple weeks ago there was a copyright for into the spider-verse there that mysteriously got removed but anyway, yeah, it's uh, T-R-A-C-K as an acronym. And then last but not least, just wanted to mention also Sackboy, um, the a big adventure or whatever it's exactly called. Uh, for its pre-order bonus, they are announcing a set of costumes that are PlayStation themed, uh, including uh, Deacon St. John from Days Gone, uh, Everyone's Jin, favorite. Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Sam Bridges from Death Stranding, and Connor from Detroit Become Human why not Kratos? I don't know. Um, but so you get those, you get some avatars, you get a digital soundtrack, a digital art book. Um, this is part of this weird rollout that i I wanted to bring all these up, not just to let people know what they can get for pre-ordering, but also just to sort of bring up this. There are so many big unanswered questions that we talked about in weeks past when it comes to the PS5 and we're getting all this information about these games. I feel like the first party games are going to be the ones people pre-order the most. I'm surprised like these are the incentives that they're announcing first. I don't know about you guys. Um, Mm-hmm. Like when, it, when it comes to launch, I, I want to know more about the system, the UI, the stuff we were talking about last week, like getting a few extra avatars because of Sackboy The I pre-ordered it. I, that's not the reason I'm getting a PS5.
1: Yeah. It seems like the, um, sort of like individual, you know, adjacent software companies are allowed to spill the beans on what they're doing in their kind of personal silos, but we're still in the dark on a lot of big picture stuff here. Um, I'm confident that we're going to get some big drop, maybe like in a in video form or just a, like a blog update or like a, a wired article, something would be nice. Um, but yeah, it is interesting starting to see this stuff trickle out. I think ju- just before we started, they announced the pricing structure on Godfall, which is yes. um, not great. Not, not crazy about it. Uh, for, you know, like a hack and slash looter shooter, it's 70 bucks for the base version. 90 bucks for the next version up and then a hundred dollars for the ascended version yeah which I i'm not sure what thing. that means um uh, but it's 60 bucks on pc so we're starting to see that like like nintendo fans know about the switch tax which is where everything is more expensive on switch arbitrarily and inexplicably and i think we're going to start seeing that with ps5 um and i think we've, we've spent a long time this year the year before going, are we going to get cocky Sony again? And then we were kind of like, no, I don't think we are. They they seem pretty, you know, they seem pretty cool with a lot of stuff. Um, Like a $400 entry level console for them is, is pretty great to get into next gen, but $70 base game across the board. That's going to sting after a while. Like, I think that's really, especially like that is the base version of the game. Like if you start getting into extra versions for 80, 90, $100, um, i'll I'll preface this by saying like growing up video games were crazy expensive right like i remember buying like clay fighter 33 and a third for like 90 bucks and then coming home and playing it and being like oh boy i'm not good at money (laughs) so i understand that there's a precedent and you know uh i did expect video games to go up at some point but they didn't all go up at the same time here and so uh i i think that's that's going to be interesting
2: yeah, it is kind of the slow trickle effect. And I think what's interesting here, and maybe I think it's easy for things to get blown out of proportion because we don't have that much data. Like the PS5 is so new, it's not even out yet. But one thing that stuck out to me about these pre bonuses is kind of what's not there. So I know there's a physical, like special edition for Sackboy, A Big Adventure on PS4, but not on PS5, which is just very odd. And it does kind of, for me as like, you know, the person who's a huge fan of physical media, I'm like, is this sort of the end of the, stupidly lavish like collector's editions for physical copies because your whole demographic like if you think of the market and who's out there like first of all it'd only be people that have like the playstation if you're selling a playstation special collector's edition and then secondly it's only people that maybe have that physical one or maybe we'll see more i know in the last gen we saw a lot more of collectors editions that maybe didn't even come with the game so maybe they can kind of continue that line to sort of give you those options there but I do wonder, I'm like, is this the end of my lavish garbage? Because I like no. buying my elaborate no. trash. And like, <laughs> no, no way. Book, I think, I think it's just the
3: they, they know that there are more people who have PS4s. And just by that logic, that there's more people who would be able to buy that collector's edition. Um, and I think like, I don't if there's, you know, if, if there's only a handful, like if there's only a small percentage of people who are shopping for this game for the PS5 version, I think just having, you know, the collector's edition sitting on a shelf is kind of, um, somebody, somebody in some marketing room probably had some very important graphs that made more sense than what I just said. But
1: you know. yeah, I have, a, I have, a, like a couple of points of that. I have a feeling that um, one, this this year screwed up manufacturing for a lot of physical items in general. Um, two, uh, th- you'll always get those because that is a really excellent and sort of not excellent. That is that is a very uh, sort of strong way to upsell your most hardcore core audience whereas like a lot of us might just buy the base copy of the game play it um delete it or trade it in
3: you know what what i hate about those what i I really hate is that they don't do those for game of the year editions like i feel like it would make so much more sense for the second like when a game is established as having as being great like to have collectibles that come out after the fact but the fact that it's like hey you can get this statue of this uh new assassin's creed protagonist who you've never actually played a game about and the game might suck you might hate it who knows but you'll have this big plastic statue to go with it and it's like i don't know it'd be so much more it'd be so much more sensible if they were like we'll put out the regular game and then when we do that victory lap with like the the expanded version that comes with all the bonus dlc and stuff then do the thing where you're upselling the hell out of it and be like here's the
1: thing about Think about like the way like Max the way you and I buy like you know movie merchandise right like we see an alien in the corner of a trailer of a Star Wars movie and we're, and they put out that toy we go oh, I want to get that toy because I bet he's going to do this this and this and you watch the movie and he's just in the corner of the movie for half a second
3: right <laughs> we're talking um, about for those of you listening we're talking about Constable Zuvio yeah, who had yes. more toys released of him than he was in frames of the force awakens he was yes. in the film for four and a half frames when mm-hmm. i was at
0: ew uh, our like resident star wars reporter uh anthony bresnikan did like a deep dive into like what the hell happened to uh, zuvio because it was such mm-hmm. a like they they played him up in some of like the promo when uh reporters <laughs> went to set yeah that that happens a lot in really weird ways but yeah you don't get that merch as much
1: after yeah. a game launches and luckily we didn't get like the I don't know. There there wasn't like a platinum version of the Force Awakens ticket that came with a four foot statue of Zuvio, although I wish there was. Um, that would be awesome. I mean,
0: like, yeah, so I think like it's a I mean, popcorn bucket. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean a big yeah, big bucket you could flip over, use his hat. <laughs> as a um I think that's a big part of it, but also like looking at uh, I keep thinking like it's gonna it's gonna pivot more and more digital, and it is, but looking at the the sort of anecdotal numbers on the amount of allocations for the physical versus digital versions of ps5 i think i think they're going to be selling discs for a long time even even during covid even when people don't want to go to stores and stuff like that even when downloading is easier so i think you're gonna see those things i don't know if you usually see those a lot around launch titles in general you know i think that like once the generation gets cooking a little bit you'll see it but also like I don't know. I feel like Demon's Souls would have been a really strong one for something like that, because that's a known quantity. It's a remake. It's part of a beloved genre with, you know, a huge fan base. Um, you you would think you would you would see a lot a lot more of a sort of robust, like physical rollout for that one. But um, it's kind of a bummer. I, I don't. Hey, so I don't see that for Sackboy, though. So
3: looking at this, we are also operating under a very stupid assumption. This is this is absolutely not a collector's edition. This is a special edition for children right. like this is totally for for like i think it's easy to be sort of we're all sort of talking about you know toys for grown-ups <laughs> in a sense this is just straight up for like oh you want to give a kid a video game but also like you know a stuffed animal like here's a plushie of sackboy whereas we're like you know collective yeah yeah
0: i do want that yeah. sackboy plushie but right? yeah I- I
2: also, just one really quick thing. Can we yeah. mention how, um, you know, we have these characters who are like skins in Sackboy Big Adventure, and there's Sam Bridges, and there's also a Sack BB inside of the case. That's what I all hate wanted to draw attention Ooh. to.
3: I, I the, the Deacon St. John one specifically just really <laughs> upsets me because he's just like, I, that dude's like he's like wears so many like ragged like ragged pieces of denim and he's all covered in blood and he's like looking for his dead wife or whatever and it just makes me sad for sack boy. or
2: is she <laughs> is she i don't Sarah remember was her what name right
0: whatever he's he's
3: real he's real wrought up about something and
2: <laughs> i'm i
0: don't know i i am transfixed on the sack bb Right now, actually, right? <laughs> is, what a sentence. That is incredible. I know it's,
1: it's, it's, it's sort of like the, or it's sort of like the proto Funko Pop, right? It, does it does, yeah. does the Sack family predate everything?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the Sack family does. Refer- <laughs> I don't Sorry. say don't Sack say family.
3: I what, think came,
2: what came first, pop? the sack
0: or the funk? We'll find out. <laughs> <Whoa>. um, anyway. <laughs> Wrapped up in all of this, one other thing I did want to mention, because you know we are talking about obviously. Wrapped up, <laughs> wrapped
3: up in this sack.
0: Wrapped up into in this weird sack of information is um info on another PlayStation 5 launch exclusive that I wanted to bring up because it's not a game we've really talked about on the show. It's not a game Sony has talked about much, but again, it is a launch day PS5 first party published uh exclusive called Destruction All Stars, which you maybe saw in the June premiere. Uh, and since then there's been like snippets of gameplay. They finally put out a bunch of information on the game. Uh, They put out, here's the full roster of characters, you know, who are all new to this franchise. Here's some of the digital deluxe edition content, all these things. That game is a $70 full price launch title. Um, And I guess, I I don't know, like, has this game at all registered for any of you? Because for me, it's like, it could potentially be great. It could potentially be like a Rocket League, Twisted Metal-esque, fun multiplayer thing. But I just... I don't know what function it serves as a $70 launch.
3: I am I am shocked that it is a $70 game because it seems to lean pretty heavily on multiplayer. And it just seems like, especially when you're looking at, you know, the the massively popular uh, free-to-play multiplayer games that have like huge active player bases that you would be like, yeah, here's, let's throw our hat into the ring. And it's 70, but it's a $70 hat. Who wants it? You know, and it's like, you can just install Fortnite at launch. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the game looks awesome. I actually am really curious about it, but. It's just I, I'm I was expecting it to be, uh, at most budget priced, which I realize is a totally entitled thing to say. But at the same time, I also if I wouldn't have batted an eyelash if you told me when it was first announced that Apex Legends was a sixty dollars game, you know? Right, right,
1: yeah. Um, to me, like from what I've seen of it, it, it totally looks like uh, you know, uh, like a very competent fun launch window game that you would buy around you know a a new console it feels like something you would have seen around the nintendo wii honestly like this is sort of just like fun almost family-friendly game um not not necessarily mindless but arcadey um and i respect that but i'm with max i like i if this is going to live and die by its multiplayer i i do find the pricing kind of peculiar especially because it is going um alongside all these like juggernauts Mm -hmm. um, which I think in terms of like fleshing out the launch, that's a good idea. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I, the thing is like, I've always been more of an action figure kid than like a car kid. And so for me, like if I was a kid, I'd be like Spider-Man. And then I'd trick my parents into getting dark souls or, you know, uh, demon souls. Demon souls um, yeah. and then I, would you know, maybe put like, put that, di- put that disc in the box of like the lion King or something. So they didn't <laughs> know what I had, but, um, <laughs> for this, for this game, this is definitely like uh, it. It services a different type of audience than I think, like any of us are. um But I think maybe it would have been smarter to make it sort of like cheaper or free to play, uh, you know. But in terms of like fleshing out the launch, I i think it's it's a good thing to have. It, it seems like this is the kind of game, like if they had waited a month after the launch, when like people had beaten the original, uh, initial Russia games and they were looking for something new, they may, maybe would have jumped mm. on this, like. As for launch, I do think it's going to get trampled a little bit. Do we know if it's
2: like the... Oh, go ahead, Max. No, you go ahead. Um, I think it's actually kind of a good time to put something like this out because I think, to me, it's sort of the opposite perspective that Brian has. If it was a little bit later, you know, by then there's more stuff to sort of play and you kind of, it's like a little bit more of a known quantity. But I know for a fact that, remembering how I was at the Switch launch, I was just playing stuff like going deep into stuff that i normally wouldn't spend as much time on like um fast rmx got a whole bunch of attention like on nvc and it's a really great game i love that game but it was also 20 bucks at
1: launch that's true
2: too i think price does definitely play a role and it's always better for it to be cheaper like we criticize nintendo a lot for not making once you switch a pack-in game um obviously we don't really know like all the business details behind this and whether or not it's a good decision or not it's a little surprising to see it at full price but at the same time i think it would make sense for Sony to be mindful of putting too many games at like this kind of discounted price, because that sort of ends up setting the precedent where every time a game comes out, we're going to have this Mm. conversation of price. And I do think besides the fact that that's ultimately like some level of a a reductive conversation to have, it's a conversation that ultimately drives away from this idea of is the game fun and like just kind of positive Mm -hmm. marketing around it. Um, So I'm, I'm actually a little surprised they even did that with miles though. I'm guessing that was, a preemptive strike to say hey you can't get mad that it's shorter because it's cheaper um and kind of like a a little bit of good faith there but i'm guessing that we're not going to see much like this generation we rarely see a first party game that is under the 60 dollars price point i think we're going to see that same thing this gen but with that higher markup price
1: yeah i um i made a joke on the show a couple weeks ago about how like all the industry needs to get together like a campfire and like come up with a price across the board And we all laughed at it. And then I put that joke on Twitter and some very, very smart people chimed in to be like, that's wildly illegal. It's called price fixing and collusion. (laughs) People like Adam Boyes and Matt Piscatello from MPD, um, people who get the business side of it more than my dumb ass does. Hmm. And so I apologize and deleted the tweet because they're completely right. Like if everybody got together and said games have to be 70 bucks, then the consumers don't really have a say in that, and so this yeah. is going to be another "speak with your, you know, vote with your wallet" type of situation. So if they come in at seventy bucks and it doesn't work out, they'll price drop. They'll price drop quickly, um, and they'll pr- yeah. price drop, you know, by Black Friday
3: if they have to. Uh, yeah.
1: Or I'm just, know.
3: I'm, I guess I'm curious. Like, does it have a single player component, or is this entirely a multiplayer game? Because that's another sort of, you know, factor is that if there's not enough people playing it, it's it becomes a game where you're just waiting for a lobby to fill up or whatever. Um, <laughs> it reminded me i had to google it because i totally forgot the name but Blood arena which was that uh mm, vr game v- vr exclusive arena yeah. shooter, which i didn't realize this but that uh that got shut down that was an online only game and it i'm oh. guessing had such an an inactive enough community that they just pulled the plug on it um mm-hmm. and that got just quietly sort of shuttered in J- uh, july last year oh wow i'm, I'm yeah. surprised we didn't talk about it i, I guess it would just kind of n- that
0: flew under the radar
3: yeah exactly yeah. that kind of that unpopular of a game and like i played that game it was it was decent it was okay yeah i just there's just so many barriers to entry where like and i have like a physical copy of it i think which is which is mm-hmm. also weird but to have like a to have to buy a physical physical game of something that is vr exclusive and online only and then it just doesn't work like it's gotta be it's i feel like I, yeah i mean imagine like buying that used and being like all right i'll check this out and then just like putting it in and being like "Oh, it." doesn't work like it doesn't so my
1: my my question is like with with um 70 pricing for you know a, a, at least first-party games and, and possibly a lot of third-party stuff across the board um like where does that leave playstation plus once ps5 games start hitting that service or do I they was... hit that service for a, a while
0: I was just about to bring up PS Plus because this, oh, nice. like this feels like a game. It worked out. This feels like a game built for PlayStation Plus. Is like a fur you can buy it, but it's on PlayStation Plus for the first month, and it creates this really big install base and lets people get to it. It's you know worked for Fall Rocket League Fall Guys other games. Like it, it just makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't really said much. Obviously, they're adding that PlayStation Plus collection as an offering, but that's not PS Five games. Uh, yeah. They haven't really said when or if those will be added, like presumably down the line, they will. They obviously took off uh, Vita and PS3 games. But it's yeah, it's curious what they're going to end up doing with that and how long then they include PS4 games still.
1: If if they start adding PS5 games and then they go, we have to raise the price of PS Plus because look at all these $70 games you're getting. It's going to be like, well, you made them 70. Like (laughs) we didn't ask for that. Like everybody else is going 60. You guys are going 70. Um, and so I, I, am worried about that. Like we, we got the, we got some good news about PS plus in, in the reveal a few weeks ago, right? Like that is like, uh, undeniably good news that, uh, like people who subscribe to that service are getting a bunch of classic, awesome, you know, game of the year candidate games. Um, but we haven't really heard anything about like price increase or anything else happening with that service. And so I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop like the thing is it's 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 tied to online it's different than you know like game pass and games with gold and all that they're a different pricing structure game pass ultimate um whereas like if you want to play online on 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 playstation it's rolled into this sort of the way the games with gold thing is but they don't really have their own game pass uh model right now and so i do wonder if they can justify raising the price on that annually because they know people are kind of Bottlenecked into it. Like so much, so many games have like sort of mandatory online features at this point. You know, like even like the FromSoft games have online stuff.
2: I do wonder if they would ever maybe introduce like a multi tiered subscription model where maybe they don't raise the price, but they introduce a new tier that maybe has more of those PS5 games. I think it's interesting too in that, you know, talking about PS5 versus PS4 games when really PS5 games are still PS4 games. So it's kind of in this weird in between two where. Um, they kind of live in both worlds anyway. So I do think that in that sense, I could see them adding them to um, PlayStation Plus. But I do know, I forget exactly where the quote comes from, but the idea of, oh, are you going to add like PS5 games to that PS collection? That's not really the model they're going for. Like they're not looking to do a Game Pass thing. Hopefully one day they change their mind because I love Game Pass and a a PlayStation version of Game Pass sounds awesome. Just put Game Game Pass on PlayStation. I don't really care. (laughs) Like I, I love that model and what you get with it. Um, well, so i imagine they'd slow roll like those ps5 games into there and that it wouldn't be that deep especially because they are also ps4 games at least at this point
0: point. and i i mean just to like the game pass of it all there is do they just roll playstation now into playstation plus which we've talked about a lot on the show they have a subscription service You can download games from it. It doesn't just have to be streaming. There are PS2 and PS4 games you can download that exists. And it's, you know, they did the big price drop and all that stuff. And it seemed to click up interest, but not nearly in the same way of Game Pass. We saw, I think, Brian, you mentioned this last uh, last week's episode. Game Pass saw a huge uptick in subscribers over the last year. You had, I think like five or so million. That's huge. They went up in one
1: five year. million over the last like five or six months.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. Whereas PlayStation Plus, for the most part, it, it increases, but it's pretty stalled out. Like they don't the, the numbers for that don't raise nearly as dramatically as Game Pass is rising mm-hmm. right now. So something like something additive if they're going to keep PlayStation Plus a part of the PS5 core experience. I think even if it's a few bucks more to get PS now in there, I think it's yeah. The probably best route
1: well because I, I mean i like at its best i love i, I love playstation plus like it there, there's this nice sort of novelty kinder egg approach to it where once a month they go here's this these games you're getting i mean like like let's not forget just a few months ago we got fall guys right like a month or two ago like that was such an awesome surprise to be like here's this game that like you know everyone is talking about and is super fun and maybe you didn't know if you wanted to drop money on it but here it is Um, So I love that. But I'm with you, Jonathan, like they need to um, sort of reinforce the justification behind the pricing structure of that service. And they also need to drive new subscribers like you. You see this with any subscription model. You can't just rely on the diehards forever. Like you need new people to want to go in there and get that. And I think that PS4 collection is a big part of that. I think that's going to get a lot of people who um were lapsed or uh you know i hadn't even ever thought about signing up or are buying a ps5 as their first console but still like for people like us for the hardcore people like it still feels like we're buying that service because we have to you know and not necessarily because we really really want to
0: i i forget i'm subscribed to it until the free games per month are announced
1: I got that email the other day being like, oh, we're auto renewing. And I was like, I swear to God, you guys did this to me like four months ago. Like, <laughs> I like, how are you, know? you trying to get one over me? Because I, I can't do anything about it. I have to do this.
0: <laughs> um, but speaking of the PlayStation Plus collection, actually, I'll, I'll jump right to this. Uh, Adam from Shetland wrote in to beyond at IGN.com, which you can do if you have any questions for the show as well, and said, I didn't own a PlayStation 4 and have pre ordered the PlayStation 5. I only own a Nintendo Switch currently. I'm looking forward to playing games like Spider-Man that I've missed out on, but I also plan on getting the PlayStation Plus collection with 18 titles to choose from. Where do I start? And we've uh, in the past answered some questions about people throwing out, you know, a few random uh, exclusives at us, but given that this is a like list that everyone day one who subscribes is going to get, I thought it might be fun to at least kind of like look at the list a little more in detail just because there was so much to talk around uh, the reveal events. We didn't get to it in detail, but the list right now, and I have it up is... Batman: Arkham Knight, Battlefield One, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit: Become Human, Fallout Four, Final Fantasy Fifteen, God of War, Infamous Second Son, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Monster Hunter World, Mortal Kombat Ten, Persona Five, Ratchet and Clank, RE Seven, Uncharted Four, and Until Dawn.
1: Um, Uh, God of War, yeah, God of War, God God of War, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a man. Like seeing that written down and hearing that, that is that's an insane list that is an incredible that is like it is incredibly cool to to just have those right there yeah i would would definitely say start with god of war that's that's my pick too i think because it's like it's story driven and if you want to crush through it and just see it start to finish you can if you want to hang out do side stuff that's that's an option there for you too it's also like i don't think it ever really overstays its welcome whereas some of these games can get a little long in the tooth
3: i'm stoked about this because uh Battlefield 1 is going to get a huge surge in new players, and I love that game. So that's great.
2: Yeah, it's yeah, really, a really good. Mix of games on here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Jen, I was going to ask you, which, because uh, obviously b- both the boys said God of War immediately. What <laughs> about you?
2: Everyone's like, God of War. I'm like, oh, shoot, there was a right answer. That's how I was going to say. <laughs> um, for me, obviously, of course, it depends on the kind of player you are and the kind of games you like. um For me, what jumps out here is Last of Us Remastered, in case you didn't play last of us yet or maybe it's been a long time just because if you didn't have a ps4 that means you definitely didn't play last of us 2 and i absolutely love that game i played both of them um within like a month or two of each other and i like just love that experience mm-hmm. so that would be one if you missed that on ps3 it's again not sure what their history is with the last of us um other than that too i think if you're into story-driven games and um just like really love story-driven experiences i would recommend detroit become human because it's also shorter than god of war like god of war is awesome and probably like might be the best game on this list, but it's still, like, a longer, meatier and challenging experience. Like, to try to become human, you can't really fail at it. I mean, you can have, like, people die that you don't want to die, but that's about Mm -hmm. it. Um, Of course, I was give a disclaimer that I do think that game is kind of head-ass when it comes to its approach to uh, race and protest. It's very, like, binary and simplistic, but the narrative structure of that game is so enjoyable, and if you like decision-based stuff, like, you will at least appreciate what it's doing in that sense. Um, And, of course, like, some of the other games, I think they're just, like, a little bit long in the tooth, like days gone to media experience persona five is very long like all of those are um Mm -hmm. for me like when i have something like this i kind of like to pick something that i can knock out sort of quickly so i can feel like i'm enjoying more of the the collection rather than like i'd rather spend like 60 hours across two or three games rather than like all the 60 in one game
1: exactly why i didn't just go bloodborne because Mm -hmm. i like i don't know where that could go for you like you could that could consume your life for months Or it could be like you could have the worst afternoon and then never want to play a video game again because you feel horrible Um, or a mix of both, which I think is what it was designed to do. Um, But do do get there eventually, please, because you will enjoy it as you've but heard that, before on this show. That was
0: what I was going <laughs> to say about a, a lot of this list is there there are some great, like, shorter experiences and stuff, like, again, on the choice side of things, if you want something a little um, sillier, Until Dawn is a good way to go there, too. But um, Ratchet and & Clank and RE7, if you're interested in those, probably wait and kind of align with when the sequels are going to come out in, you know, mm. early 20s. I still haven't played
3: RE7, so I'm stoked that's on really? here. Really? Oh, to it's jump in so
0: there. good. Yeah, it's I'm so trying good. To
3: think what yeah like i never finished persona 5
0: um on that one i'd say even if you get this collection wait for persona 5 royal to go yeah on sale, no exactly um That's... because it, it literally fixes every problem i had with that game which i already loved but it's just yeah it is the way to play that game
1: max play play re7 and when you get like 75 80 of the game in text me and i'll be like congratulations you beat the game and then yeah. I'll, I'll send you a youtube video of the ending and you'll be like that's one of the best games i've ever played
2: all of us okay my question is and this is like i guess maybe it is a little bit of shade who just let the rest of that game keep going because everyone i talk to (laughs) has the same reaction where they're like it was awesome and then you you know went to the other part of the game they were like like they had such like a it's so funny too because in a weird way, like I played with a friend who like loved Resident Evil and has played like pretty much like all of those games to some extent. This is my first one. And she was kind of pointing out, oh, this thing's very Resident Evil, or this thing's very different from Resident Evil. And it's just kind of a new experience for me. And she's like, that ending bit felt very classically Resident Evil, but in a yes. bad way. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like actually, this is more traditional. I'm like, oh, they well, gotta go the go the other way.
1: Honestly, it's like as like a as a huge resident evil fan and like a huge fan of like, you know, creature feature vintage monster nonsense. Like my biggest gripe with that game is like, there's a lack of diversity in enemies. Like there's yeah. just like, you see pretty much everything that you fight in that game in the first few hours. And then you just keep fighting them. And like, that's you
3: fight the just, mud men, right? The, mo- the mold. Yeah. Dudes that fall out of the yeah. Ceiling. yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, like
1: the initial environments in that game are like so fantastic. They're so well built and you're going to, you're going to totally dig them. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys on on waiting on Ratchet and Clank until it aligns with the sequel. Um I Last Guardian is such a weird one because it's like it's it's like that it's that room finished. in the museum where they're showing a short film that's been on loop and you're like, I don't know if I should be in here. This is kind of interesting. <laughs> like it's that's there's so totally yeah, there's like totally cool stuff about it, but um and I I like I think about that game a lot, like it really stuck with me. I think it's really beautiful in a lot of ways and really special, but it's also incredibly cumbersome and frustrating. And it 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 made me hate the the dog for, a lot.
3: For whatever reason, I I never played that when it first came out, like I did a preview for that. And uh, I remember just sort of being like, this doesn't feel great. Like this feels like a little bit clunky to the point yeah. that I'm sort of concerned. And then it came out and that was the entire conversation around it and i was just kind of i mean we'd all been waiting for that game for so long i was just kind of sick of talking about it
1: mm-hmm. and
3: I, I think it was on playstation plus and i jumped in and i played it for like 10 minutes and i was like i'm not doing this i it's just such like it pushes back so much in like a not like a not deliberate way you know like mm-hmm. i just it's just it feels like you're fumbling you know
1: yeah i mean once you get the once you get the hang of the like the sort of loop of it it it's more about just like i don't know it feels yeah, like I, like maybe you're I driving the awesome shot, but- it, it feels yeah. like you're driving like the Austin Powers car in that hallway for the entire game, <laughs> but the the thing is that the hallway keeps doing interesting things. <laughs> so I guess there's that. Yeah, not a great
3: um, sell there, but you yeah, know,
1: no, no. I, I'm this is why I'm very, yeah. very split on this game. Like I think it's important and beautiful, and I think like the relate the core relationship in the game is awesome. There's like some there's some like musical moments in that game and some cinematic moments in that game where like. Things happen and you know architecture collapses and like I think just from like the perspective of like how obtuse and weird it is and the locales you visit like like if this was a if this was like an, an anime movie I'd be like Max this is like one of the most beautiful things ever made but the fact that you ultimately do have to control it makes mm-hmm. it like I can't truly recommend it as something you should rush to and something like Days Gone I think is like like for for like a for a list like this to just have that at your fingertips like it's it, that game takes a long ass time to get going. Like it has some serious pacing issues, but I think like once you get in kind of the middle of it, um, it's, it's a totally fun, like kind of like crazy open world game, but then it just keeps going and going and going too. But maybe you're waiting for that at
3: the end end of the day, like these are all effectively free games and they're, most of them are are phenomenal and, um, all of them are, I would say at least good, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's huge. That's so cool. And also just to be like, I'm going to check this thing out. There's no, like, if you don't like it, it's not a big deal. You know, you get, you give it a shot, you know, try, try, try it out. And that's, that's such a, that's such a wonderful, just like, just an option to have. Like, I feel like so often with PlayStation Plus, it's like, here are your two games for the month, and one of them you don't like, and the other one you already have. And it's like, well, all right. Yeah. And I guess I'll wait a month for something else to be excited about. But I can't even imagine jumping in into like ne- not having a PS4 and then having this sort of thrown in front of you is, amazing.
1: imagine, imagine like, sort of doing a, cumulative uh like runtime total of all of these games to be beaten on average you throw in something like final fantasy 15 in there or you know uh even even uncharted 4 which is like the longest uncharted game yeah fallout right um battlefield which you could potentially play in multiplayer forever like Mm -hmm. it's yeah there's you're looking at like hundreds and hundreds of hours of video games here which is that kicks ass this I, will I, definitely I,
2: 70 dollars. so yeah,
3: yeah yeah i mean this will definitely hold you over until they start make launching more They're ps like, five we, games we got we got mm-hmm.
2: games on the ps5 you don't need to go to the digital or real store you got games. yeah
1: on the- <laughs> so what i do wonder about this is, is like if you look at um what uh nintendo did with their online stuff where they just sort of like piecemeal dropped nes and snes games you know once once a month at first, and then totally arbitrarily, like every three or four months, well, they'll just wake up and they'll be like, Who likes Donkey Kong Country three? And you're like, Some of us. Um that that's a like weird strategy, but I, I wonder how this is going to grow. Like, is this list going to grow? Is it gonna change? Is it gonna evolve? Like, is this just sort of like this like classic like library collection locks in the vault, or is this like a criterion thing where it's going to keep evolving and growing? Cause I would, I would love to see, like, I wonder if they're going to pull games out of this, if they're going to do like the whole, you know, Bloodborne's going into the, into the, in the vault for a couple months. <laughs> and then like, instead we're putting in, you know, Sekiro, like that could be cool. I mean, not. if this is, um, a,
3: if this is a, an answer to game pass, it is a really strong start and that's mm-hmm. something to be excited about. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's um, w- sorry. Go ahead.
3: I wonder if they do do the thing where they swap stuff out. And this is, again, totally hypothetical at this point. But if, if it's going to be like the same, the, the way PlayStation Plus has, where you have to manually add something to your library and it's yours as long as you're subscribed. But if you unsubscribe, then I guess it disappears. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But like, it would be weird if they. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that I guess I sort answering my own question. It's just it would <laughs> I imagine it would suck if you had you know if you had a limited amount of playstation plus subscription like if you had like a you know 3 month pass or something and you got like a hefty way through bloodborne and then it just disappeared and it was like yeah. you don't own that anymore you don't get it like <laughs> sorry uh, this i
1: mean this is the problem on game pass a lot too and like what they're 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 pretty good on that service on on being like this is going away mm. um like the the I mean, like, and you see this on Netflix too, uh, and they they kind of hide that information. You have to go like seek it out. But that's why people were like losing their minds when they're like, the Office is leaving Netflix, and it's like, guys, you've had like forty years to watch this show, like you know. <laughs> what if I want to watch get, the
2: Dinner Party again?
1: Yeah, I don't Put pirate it. Through. Yeah. <laughs> you <know> what, <laughs> or sign up for go Peacock. Watch Peacock.
2: <laughs> Peacock. Yeah. What's hilarious about stuff leaving Game Pass is, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this this uh, sad shame spiral of Game Pass and not using it. But, like, sometimes stuff will leave that I downloaded but never played. And, no, I was never really going to play. But, like, I liked the option. Like, when Metal Gear left, I'm like, no, I wanted to maybe play that at one point again. Or at least watch that cutscene with the rain, you know? Like, it's just, it's <laughs> it's that feeling of, it's not so much that it's not there, but it's, like, feeling like you have the option removed. Um, I, I definitely think Max is onto something where they probably will let you keep it as long as you're subscribed if they do filter this out. I feel like they're not itching to make this a collection that they continue to add to because they do want to avoid that Game Pass model. What I think would be really cool is if they did like an annual refresh or addition to these. I think that'd be a really fun way to celebrate like how PlayStation history is evolving over time and the amazing games that are being added. Like I would like Mm -hmm. to see this get some, some form of at least anniversary treatment because I do think the awkward Nintendo style drop is just... It creates a lot of anxiety and like stress of like, oh, when is it going to happen? Is it ever going to happen again Um, versus but like the monthly would be too much kind of like too much of a subscription model and too close to regular PS Plus. So I think having either annual or first some anniversaries or something like, you know, what if on um, the next uh, Last of Us Day, they have Last of Us 2 come into the fold or something like that alongside whatever i know they mentioned they're gonna have some additional announcements related to that franchise like seeing something like that where it feels like a meaningful update would be really really cool Mm
1: I was reading, yeah. I was actually reading on the blog and it said that if you download Bloodborne and you beat uh, Rom, the, the vacuous spider, you can keep the game forever. And, and if you don't, <laughs> then it, it deletes automatically. And it nice is, of- I hate that, you spider.
3: Spider. <laughs> that awful spider. Everyone hates that spider. I was stuck on that spider for so long. Good Lord. Why, do we, why does it always come back to spiders on this?
2: Show? True.
0: Yeah, they the suck. afterbot
3: spider Rom. I don't actually it's weird. Ram is just 10 a dumb PS
2: Sony spiders. I want a
3: Sackboy
1: Rom spider.
2: Spider Man.
3: Oh, that's good. Yeah, Rom is such Spider-Man. like a weird such a weird lumpy spider that it doesn't she doesn't really bother me that much, but those other church spiders later on definitely give me the squeamies. That's not a good room. I don't like that room with all the with all the spiders in it. I have this weird I have this weird, like kind of inconsistent arachnophobia <laughs> where they again. they scare me they scare me at some scales and others not so much. Like like a spider that's like big enough to crush a city, I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. That's not a big deal. But like a spider that's the size of a dog, I'm like, oh no. Mm. <laughs> or like, a, you like should, that, you that should play ass. Metro
2: Exodus. That has some good dog sized spiders
3: yeah. in it. like <laughs> Specifically, there was that trailer for the second Metro they had at E3 where it had a spider running across the gas mask in it. And I like, I like threw my laptop and like walked out of the room. I was like, I can't. I'm not, I'm never playing that game because that is the grossest. <laughs> Grossest thing, because that and that's if, like a good old hand-sized like wolf spider. That's too. Scary. If
1: I see a, a spider in my apartment, like I'll i throw it out the window. But if I see an ant, I'll kill it because I don't ever feel like anyone's like, oh, we, we don't have enough ants. You know, like that's just <laughs> it's and that's probably like that's there's definitely like an inherent bias there i just feel like spiders are putting in more work you know I, even though yeah. an ant is lifting 50 times its own weight it's just it seems like this there's more of them so it's still it's not a lot of weight. more justifiable to kill this is horrible that's borderline mm-hmm. genocide but <laughs> this is just the way my brain works I'm sorry. Let's talk about anything other than the insects.
3: Yeah, I don't know why we're talking. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. You guys
1: did. You don't know why.
3: <laughs> you we, did so we got, you we got, got, got off up. with the dog bark, and it's all downhill from there. We're and, uh, talking
1: about Ring Fit Adventure. Rom the, the Sack Spider the Sac Boy uh, Remix.
0: Anyway, I, I do just want to say the phrase church spider sounds like the <laughs> name you would give a bunch of old women at church who like <laughs> plan all the events, but also are like the gossips at church who talk down about everyone when you're not around. Pipe down, you old church spider. <laughs> uh that's what uh beyond listeners now are you're the church spiders uh i do i want to love move doing on the though. show with you guys god that's damn it <laughs> uh i i do want to move on to actually we did get a couple other questions that relate to some ps5 stuff that's sort of been up for debate right now um one of the things that uh, philip wrote in to beyond at ign.com and said with ps5 confirmed to run most of the 4,000 plus ps4 games through its backwards compatibility do we know if we will be able to carry over ps4 saves through to PS5 via either PlayStation Plus cloud saves or USB. I wouldn't want to lose the hours of gameplay I've put into every experience of this generation, and Andrew asked the same, largely. My question is about backward compatibility. I know they said PS4 games will be playable, but do we know if save files will be able to be ported over like Xbox does? I am still trying to finish Persona 5, and I'm terrified if I sell my PS4, I'll have to start over. And that that seems like a big thing we should know.
3: This so Tell us... Tell us I,
0: now. <laughs> I will say we reached out like I, I got these questions into beyond and we've reached out to PlayStation as of the time we're recording this. They haven't responded. They might afterward. They said they're looking into things. But we don't have this as a, a question and in the same week when Xbox is showing a lot of features of like how backward compatibility works and how all this stuff works. It's one of those lingering like, oh, yeah, I like what, it no, seems like what, it should be obvious. When
3: <laughs> Xbox is sending Xboxes to people to play with and look at and do stuff with Sony, we don't even know how much usable space is on the hard drive or if save files work like i'm convinced that the ps5 is still just a render like i don't think no, i'm so like, with you. we
2: made that monstrosity no yeah
1: no it's it's like i i'm one of the people that wants to trade in my ps4 to offset the price of my ps5 you know can like, we uh, um
3: can we like, talk about I, the, I, the annoying news the really the really frustrating news that i'm really the only one directly upset by in this group yeah yeah because so yes. Yakuza, that beloved series, which has... I thought it be the remote. Seven, <laughs> it has seven games that came to PlayStation 4 first, is going to be a day one, a day one Xbox Series X game, and it's coming to PS5 in F-word March. What the, what the hell?
0: And apparently the PS4 saves don't migrate over for the PS5 version.
3: What the... F- As like the
2: head of the Yakuza fan community, is this going to move... Players over to
1: xbox so there's there's two but there's I i'll I will say this and i said this last time and i'll say it again for the people clipping out this one part to buy to be like sony ponies cry over exclusives um
2: <laughs> strong headline
1: yeah you like if if you've ever been excited about exclusive game coming to ps5 this is what you deserve. <laughs> like this is where we are. This is yeah. like, this is no, no, so, so, land, this land grab. This monopoly game happening all the time. So what's no? What's what annoying is. about this
3: is it is going to be a day one game on PlayStation Four. So you can play the PS Four game. It's which also, by the way, it's been out on PS Four for like a year and a half now. So mm-hmm. don't Google it because you'll have it spoiled for you, like I did before interviewing George Takai. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've all so been this there. Is, this is <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> um this, has this point at home. Yeah. yeah you know just that Max, feeling when you're about to interview george like, you know
1: <laughs> yeah i um, remember
3: uh, leonard nimoy screwed
1: up a boy in his blog for me once i was very <laughs> <crumb>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um so no like to go back to the, the exclusivity thing like i don't i'm i'm happy that more people are able to play yakuza game i am extremely annoyed that i don't know where to play this now like because I presumably will start on PS4, but this is a hefty game. This is a large RPG. I would like right. to play it on PlayStation Five, but the fact that the save doesn't carry over means that I'm like, where do I? I don't know how to go. Like, I don't want to be playing my PS4. I I'm guessing I can't play the PS4 version on PS5, or can I? I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, what's Whereas the... you I know, guess... on
1: Xbox, it, it'll it'll carry over. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the weirdest yeah, yeah. thing,
3: the weirdest thing here is I'm, this bothers me for for one of two reasons, and I'm not sure which it is either. Either this means that the PlayStation 5 is conceivably trickier to develop for than the Series X is, which I I mean, I'm getting sort of deja vu with the with the like we've heard about how special the new hard drive is and how it's cutting edge and all that. And I'm just sort of getting
1: there's actually been like uh, tons, tons of anecdotes about how easy it is to develop for PS5. So that's okay. You can, okay. it, I don't so think we're going to get like a, we're not going to get a Skyrim situation where you have to leave all your swords in the room before you walk through a tour. Yeah, I, hope, I, mean,
3: I hope that's not the case. I heard, I <laughs> yeah. saw like one, one headline rumbling about that. The other case is that Microsoft just drove a dump truck full of money up to the, uh, up to Sega's house and was like, yeah, give us the uh, timed exclusivity, which I mean, that's cool. I guess it's just sort of weird because it's such a, it, it's a franchise that's like so firmly Sony. Like it was, yeah for the longest time it was a sony exclusive series and now it's like oh you gotta you play it first on xbox and it's i mean that's that's where they revealed it for they they showed it off on a, on microsoft streams and stuff so it's not really a huge surprise it's just sort of like oh well okay
1: yeah i mean everybody wants to everybody wants to trick-or-treat at the house with the big ass candy bars man <laughs> like they just want to go to the place with the most money there's no exclusivity anymore your friends don't want to hang out on the lawn they they don't care they will scatter to wherever the money is. And that's fine if that because everyone's going to play that game. And Sony plays that game constantly. So I think the, the big issue here is like you're less upset with Sega and more upset with PlayStation not just being like, here's how saves work yeah like yeah no exactly
0: the the biggest thing for me is like on the development note i i have heard those anecdotes and everything from devs about the ps5 being easy to develop for but i think the the disconnect i'm seeing at least with yakuza versus we know spider-man miles morales saves will carry over we know uh assassin's creed saves will carry over i believe a few games have announced they will but with xbox it just seems to be sort of like the de facto thing and that's probably due to the way they're treating not just last generation but the entirety of their generations whereas sony you know for all the announcing ps5 games or ps4 still kind of has a bit more of a walled garden when it comes from one generation to the next and so yeah. it, seems, it seems like there is no blanket
1: approach that's being uh, told is the policy well, the, the we believe in generations mantra shouldn't apply to saves yeah you know like well, it, it honestly doesn't apply to anything anymore after they they basically backpedaled everything <laughs> But what
2: ends up being weird is it does feel like uh, we are running into the point where it feels like Sony is in competition with itself a little bit. And it ends up kind of um, affecting the player in a negative way. Like for me as someone who's getting the PS5 at launch, which I'm still that that, it could be like the worst launch ever. I'd still be excited just because I'm, I like the idea of getting it immediately just to be part of like that next gen hype. But it's -hmm. like, okay, well, some of this stuff, it's coming to PS4 first or only coming to PS4 because that install base is bigger, but it's like, why am I penalized? for your previous success like i feel like as someone a consumer who's buying this new product on day 1 not that i need preferential treatment or anything and I, I am also pro more people being able to play a game because that's good for the gaming community but it feels like why am i getting the short end of the stick by being an i mean you're already a, getting the short end of the stick by being an early investor because you always get like the first wave of models and like oh this one like has this one random problem occasionally like we've seen that happen with other launches of consoles or you know the famous ring of death and things like that um that's always a risk but like i go in knowing to take that risk i don't go in knowing that i'm gonna like be caught in these weird situations where i'm sort of tethered to my ps4 um despite being like someone that has a ps5 and i do think that's where microsoft does have the advantage of oh we don't really care about what you're playing on we just want you here and come through and you need help paying for it because we have right. this plan. like they have all these other things and it's it's not that sony needs a one-to-one model with that because they are playing a different game but it's frustrating when it's we're playing a different game, except it's secretly the same game, except you also like don't have these things carry over. So it's it's like the worst of both worlds in a weird way. And I find yeah. that really frustrating at the start of this gen. It kind of like, you know, makes it a, a little bit less exciting than it could be if they just had more transparency and kind of just thought about, what these things mean and what kind of message it sends to what the now the PS5
1: It's been what se- seven years since like PlayStation got up at E3 and viciously windmill dunked on Xbox with the shortest video they filmed in a, a lobby in front of a mm-hmm. curtain, which was Shuhei Yoshida and Adam Boys being like, here's how game trading works. And they just handed a disc back and forth. And I feel like Microsoft saw that and they went into this generation being like, we need to be, you know, aside from the, Uh, the naming conventions of our console which are admittedly still stupid um they they went into this generation being like let's be clear let's be transparent and sony has has come so far from from that philosophy but in 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 a negative way like i feel like what everything they're doing right now the fact that everybody is spinning their wheels with so many question marks and being like how does this work how does this work what is what does this carry over um doorbell um <laughs> I, we're at a point where i i think like the, people don't really know what they're getting anymore and that like that's such a that's such a frustrating situation because they could end this in a second microsoft put out a diagram like this morning that was basically just like here's a circle here's like a bunch of pictures of our de- of devices and it's like oh you like game pass you can do it on your phone you can do it on your laptop you do it on your series x your series s xbox whatever you want it's all here um and then with sony we're just like hey if i If I start a game on PS4, but it takes 100 hours and I play 30 of it, do I have to play that all over again? And they're like, please be excited for PS5. More pre-orders will be available soon. Just kidding.
3: But like, also, I guess I'm we, we, we don't even have a straight answer about like backwards compatibility. So like if I start playing Yakuza like a dragon on PS4. And then that i play the ps4 version on ps5 does it load faster does it look better or do i have to wait for the ps5 version to do that like i don't i don't know and i can't use the same save files it's just like i don't i guess i at the end of the day it's also stupid because like this is a ps4 game i know this because it already came out on ps4 like you could buy it on ps4 Mm -hmm. in japan so like the fact that it's been quietly like they did the exact same thing with yakuza 0 which we all talk about like it's a PS4 game, but that was a PS3 game that they just did the exact same thing with. So it's like, okay, it's going to be one of those weird, like threshold games, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm.
1: It, I'm... it, 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 it kind of feels like there's like a bunch of, a bunch of companies in the group chat and like some of them are using like old phones and it's coming in different <laughs> colors and stuff like that. Like, again, there's not like, there isn't clear messaging. And it, it, everyone is sort of fending for themselves. And I do hope that like the dust settles a bit and, um, there is just like a very clear linear path from uh, last gen to next gen that, that, that outlines this is where everything goes. This is how everything works. Right now, it's very, it's very wild west. It's very case by case basis. And I'm, I'm willing to excuse that a little bit because it is a launch transition and it is a crazy year. But uh, I, we do eventually need some messaging from the top sort of being like, this is our vision here. And then others can follow suit. You know, like I think that's the only real way to do this.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I was just looking at the calendar. We're six weeks and four days out as we're recording from the PS5 launching. That <laughs> That's is, insane. That is how close it is. And, you know, we know about things like Mark Cerny talked about earlier this year, the the boost mode that some PS5 games will ha- apparently used for PS4 games to be able to, you know, offer better performance. But we haven't really seen that in play beyond that leaked, you know, Spider-Man teaser uh, from way back when. And so it's one of those things where this week, as you guys were saying, a bunch of press has gotten access to xboxes and we saw people saying Sekro runs at 35 frames on xbox one x and runs at 60 locked on xbox series x and it's yeah. like here's just uh definitive proof of what the next gen upgrade is doing and it's just i want to see that stuff from sony like mm-hmm. what we- if it doesn't do that let us know so we can plan accordingly and i can buy maybe some games on my series x or let us know what it does do so i can also plan
3: accordingly because well, you microsoft's being really smart because they're like they're like, the game is the same no matter what, but if you get a better machine, you're going to have a better time with the game because it's a better machine. And it's like, oh, that's very straightforward, but I'm just sitting here scratching my head wondering what exactly... Like, if I can play Yaku- if I can play Yakuza 7 on the PS4 version, on PS5, and the boost mode makes it do stuff better, then what, what is the PS5 version? Like, what is it doing differently? Like, what makes that a different game? And I know that they're doing a right. the generational thing, but it's just sort of like, do I need it? Like...
1: They, Does he, uh, he, the dude has more chest hair which is good you can see it better
3: <laughs> no this this feels effect. somebody cool somebody you
2: can like feel it you know <laughs>
3: feel that <laughs> oh that's true that's gonna i'm gonna be able to feel the, right the talking yeah, cr- don't crawfish that or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. no uh, somebody the spider somebody pointed this
1: out um on twitter recently it, like somebody replied to me talking about this um because i was like venting my frustrations about this stuff And, um, and they said like this, the PS five kind of feels like backing a Kickstarter. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, like we gave them our money and now we wait. And every now and then you might get an email being like, good news. We, uh, We finished the one of the controller cables and you're like, it's not what I'm looking for right now.
0: (laughs) I need some real concrete info here. Yeah, it's it's a very strange place to be six weeks out. And I'll say that, like for anyone who's like, how dare Like you were saying, the the Sony ponies now hate Sony. It's like that. (laughs) I I think undoubtedly, like it is hard to argue. PS5 just has a flat out better launch than Xbox does. Like the the games that are being offered cross-gen or not, there's just a more interesting, varied lineup yakuza not included um that we're going to get on day one with ps5 that we're not going to get on xbox and the next year of playstation we know has really great looking exclusives but it's like everything around that i don't know what i'm going to be doing with my ps5 for the next year or if i need my ps4 still hooked up just in case and that's mm. a weird place to be
3: right now. You know, honestly, betrayal is a huge part of the Yakuza series. So I should have expected this.
0: True. Yeah, this was, it just took seven Boilers. mainline games to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Brian, do you have to go? I know you were saying. You to yeah,
1: play. I'm going to run. Gotcha. I love you all.
0: Love you too. Thank you for joining us.
1: Be good. Of course. Goodbye, everyone. And good luck finding out news of the PlayStation 5 sure. from that fledgling company, Sony, that has never gonna, done this before, but we're going to hang out
3: problem. here for a little while longer and just see if any news happens. Okay, or you guys, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Just what it
1: happens the second you stop recording, so just give it a rest, and then maybe some stuff will happen. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Bye. Oh, no, trust me. I've kept the PlayStation blog up this entire time, just in case. Just... Um, i do want to sort of wrap up with one last uh, reader question just because we've had so many from the email thank you to everyone who's been writing in hey
3: can i uh, can i point out yes. that a dude from shetland a place famous for ponies wrote in to say that he never he never was a, a sony owner
2: why do you know that place is famous for ponies because shetland i know what a
3: shetland pony, shetland pony is <laughs> why don't right, well, you know about shetland to, ponies i'm
2: gonna get to google now
3: they're like the only kind on. of pony i know i don't know any <laughs> other types of ponies
2: oh it's so good is that what little Sebastian is? I
0: Isn't it? Kind of po- I think. Are we just going oh, to this is no pony all miniature show. Are
2: horses Shetland ponies? There's got to be multiple kinds of miniature horses, right?
0: True. Yeah, there's got to be at least three. Anyway, Michael wrote in and asked, I would love to hear discussion uh, about this. While well, it is true that Sony makes a ton more money if you buy games digitally from them rather than at a retailer, probably why they can price the digital console lower. Isn't it true that the digital version of PS5 could help uh game developers as well. There is no secondhand market for games if everything is digital, meaning especially indie devs can sell more copies. Doesn't the secondhand market really hurt small developers sometimes? Um although physical retailers no longer exist, I suppose Sony could jack up its cut of each game sold through the PlayStation store in turn hurting developers. And I kind of wanted to talk about this just because we've talked a lot about like the obvious value of PlayStation selling you the PS5 digital edition because you're they're the only marketplace for you after that. Um, but the sort of the the indie question of it all and i wanted to bring that up because i do think it's an interesting one where obviously we've seen a lot of success via indie uh, downloads on the switch and previous to that stuff on vita and xbox live and whatnot Um, i wanted to preface this by saying at least a lot of indie games don't have physical releases or if they do they are limited run uh, releases so a, a lot of indie devs aren't necessarily impacted by that physical market directly but yeah that physical market the secondhand market and everything does affect the industry at large, I think. Uh, Janet, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because I do think in that sense, the framing of this becomes a little bit less relevant because the idea of, a small indie developers being like hurt by physical releases. It's like, if you can have physical releases as an indie developer, that's pretty cool because it probably means that your game has a certain level of success that you have like a fan base that sort of warrants that or you have a publisher that's willing to pick up and support you in doing that physical release. I do think it's um, worth mentioning that even if it's not a physical benefit or a, a financial benefits, you have like your physical copy out there and people can rent it or sell it or trade it in. There's still the benefit of it having shelf space and people seeing it and it having a presence in that way or like also like that level of word of mouth marketing and more people playing more people playing your game is always a good thing obviously you want to make money off of that you don't want people stealing the game and all these other kind of nefarious practices but generally someone did buy that game to some degree so you are still getting some level of financial benefit and there is still like you kind of have to in terms of any business weigh the benefits and cons of doing these different deals and that's true even in the digital sense i mean I think the idea of simplifying it to digital is automatically better for developers kind of negates all the different pricing models we've seen, whether that's on Steam, whether that's a Game Pass deal. Should you have your game free on like PlayStation? Will you get X amount of dollars up front? Or you have this, but then are they going to support the server costs that's going to cost for you to be able to actually operate and have your game be successful if you do get a certain amount of growth? like There's all these different deals. And I think um, as much as I can't speak in depth to these things, there, it's more than just you have your digital deals and your physical deals and the digital ones make more money because there's so much nuance as digital space evolves. And I think it's going to evolve even more as we're going into next gen, as we're getting like Stadia and Luna and all these other players kind of coming in to see how you're going to go about selling your game in that way. Um, I think digital is becoming a lot more complex than it used to be.
0: Max, what about you? What do you think about?
3: Sort yeah, of, I saw this, this sort of secondhand market hurting developers argument in one of the comments on YouTube. And I thought it was, I thought it was odd because I I imagine like much bigger issues are um just having the having prices locked at 60 bucks, you know? Or you know, maybe now 70, um or the fact that indie games are frequently like uh expected to be much cheaper, you know, like we see games that are ridiculously cheap and I've I've seen like a number of devs that I follow on Twitter just be being sort of like uh no <laughs> please don't like it should be 20 bucks i'm sorry if that's too expensive people need to eat you know and like we um but yeah the secondhand market like to jonathan's point like there, there isn't really like a game has to be pretty substantially successful to to warrant a physical copy and sort of in the indie scene in the first place and um yeah it's an odd one i mean i, I don't know i honestly like there's always the sort of the other thing which is piracy which i can't even i don't even know how like, I feel like you don't hear about that as much. It's obviously still a thing, but, um, you know, I think distribution platforms have gotten a little bit more, a little more airtight and we all, you know, we all hate intrusive DRM, but like that keeps mm-hmm. people from stealing games. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, the, the price point thing is a really good point. It's something I know that Tom Marks has talked a lot about where it is that like discrepancy of games are 60, maybe now 70 and indie games can be perceived as too expensive when they're 20 bucks. And it's like, Find a game that, uh, like, there are not many AAA games, uh, you know, outside of the obvious ones like Skyrim and Fallout and whatnot, that maybe offer as many hours of play as something like Hollow Knight if you play every bit of it. Like, there are indie games that are dozens and dozens of hours of really, really great imaginative gameplay that cost 20 or 15 bucks, but to a mass audience sometimes... think it's too expensive and so i I think that's the the notion that indie games have to have this race to the bottom of cheapness i think is the biggest concern for them over the physicals
3: and the other issue is of course digital storefronts are just it's a huge competition to try to get your get your stuff front page promotion or get any kind of traction because there's you know you see like just how many how many games actually come out like i mean looking at looking at steam like the amount of games that just get churned out and there's like tons and tons of garbage there um yeah, I mean like I was I was looking into this. I was trying to figure out how many how many games come out a year and it's something like it's, you know, it's in the thousands and we talk about you know maybe a few dozen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean even in this next week Crash Bandicoot and Star Wars Squadrons come out on Friday on PS4 and Xbox. They'll probably take the top spots in the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store for the next week. There's a really really cool looking RPG I want to play next week called Iconfeld that's coming out. Uh that's this like 8-bit uh RPG about kids at a magic school, and it's been in development from this one dev for like four or five
3: years. And the cool—I was reading about—it it has this cool feature where if you buy it, J.K. Rowling doesn't get any of your money.
0: Yeah, it's a really—it's a really great benefit. Uh, it's going to be huge
2: going into the next.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be the the one question we ask every dev. <laughs> Can't wait for that era. um Yeah, it's it, it looks great, but I don't know how much a storefront you know uh, promotion it's going to get, and if it doesn't it's not a game that immediately grabs people like a Star Wars game, maybe. So it is it's it is definitely, I think, the storefronts, especially going into next-gen when we haven't seen the PS5 storefront, how it's going to change is definitely a big question for how discoverability is going to be as we go into next-gen. Um, but yeah, I, I know we left last week with a lot of questions, and we have even more questions now, but I think that probably is going to wrap us up. I, I do have one question uh, that I think we can answer definitively, and that is max one do you have pockets today and if you do what is in them
3: i don't re- i have pockets i'm wearing little shorts they have i have all sorts of pockets they're great but i don't really use my pockets as much anymore because i don't leave the house yeah. but i got all sorts of great stuff around me i've got a mumra from thundercats Ooh, nice and uh i have a gundam coffee mug and uh yeah. there's i could keep doing this for a while i have a statue of of pazuzu from the exorcist which i have to cover <laughs> up his little penis oh Yeah, no, I got I could do this for hours. I got really too much stuff here.
0: But uh, that is, of course, what Up at Noon is for.
3: Yeah. Um, Also, if you want to check out, I do a show every month. I don't know if it's a show. It's really just a video that I do every month about the games that come out in the month. And we usually put it up on the first of the month. And I did another one surprise for October. And uh, it might be a good way of getting your eyes on some games you might not otherwise have known were coming out because a lot of them do come out. And I try to have fun with those videos as much as possible. So
0: for for videos that are pretty much just listicles i do enjoy them quite a bit you do a lot of really fun stuff with them so i I appreciate what you've been able to do thank in that you format. thank you uh anything else you want to plug as we wrap up
3: um yeah actually tune in on friday brian and i are going to be playing star wars squadrons um which comes out and we're doing like a launch day stream and i haven't touched that game so i have no idea what to expect but oh nice uh we're gonna i think that's at 9 30 a.m pacific and then of course um on thursday at five o'clock pacific we're going to do up at noon which pretend that that title makes sense it doesn't but.
0: <laughs> it does if you're in fiji and uh janet what about you anything to plug
2: always oh, just IGN guides use our guides especially because we're still doing heavy support on animal crossing and that's getting its update uh tomorrow at midnight or 9 p.m. or 3 a.m. or whenever nintendo <laughs> decides to drop that uh so we'll definitely have all that coverage so if you are still looking for game help check that out and of course we're having guides for all the major games uh star wars and crash are gonna have guides so uh search ign guides when you look up for game help stuff or ign wikis i no,
3: hope probably. crash bandicoot find his dead wife
2: yeah Spoilers. she's or um or missing we don't Who knows? know we have we'll no way of out. knowing because no one finished the game. <laughs>
0: Stay tuned for the DLC where you'll definitely find out. Um, I am working on many things that are unfortunately embargoed, but I will say look out for reviews and previews for me of upcoming games you might think I might like or maybe coming to PlayStation platforms. That's about all I can say for now. Uh, But anyway, that's about wrapping things up for now when it comes to this episode. Uh, Thank you, Max. And thank you, Jenna, for joining me for this episode. Thank you to Brian as well. But he's gone, so who cares? Uh, Thank you, of course, to Red, our producer, for also producing the show. Uh, And thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. Beyond is normally live Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world. Please make sure to rate and like and subscribe and all those things for it. Uh, especially because we'll be doing a lot as we get into the PS5 launch. But uh, anyway, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond. Beyond.
2: Beyond.